ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break I Fix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools. It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break I Fix. Ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break I Fix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break I Fix. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DJ Nation? Tyler Tambolin here, bringing you another edition of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Honda Classic. And as you can tell by me being on here for the intro, I am doing another hosting session because our guy, Kenny Kim, is not with us this week. So you know what that means. We bring in our special guest. Before we do that, we're going to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast is sponsored and presented by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. I'll recap everything I got going on over there at the end of the show. Some changes to this week to the content so you guys can check it out for free for a couple different things. I'll go through that at the end. But I want to bring in our special guest, as always, resident fill-in, the number two satellite Q player in the world because he always comes in second. But our guy, Mr. Ryan Baroff, our Baroff 42.7 on Twitter. How you doing, Ryan? 
I'm doing well, Zambo. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I always got to jab you with that, man. I know we've uh, chatted a little bit about it, but uh, lots of lots of big takedowns since you were last on. You know, the 200K was pretty nice that you brought in there. And like you said, now we go queue chasing, right? We we talked about before the show, but we got the lobby filled up now. The Fantasy Golf World Championship looks pretty good over on DraftKings. I think I saw a milli up top, maybe, was it? Uh, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm a little annoyed. Like, I don't love the formats where you have to win and then win round one, win round two to get to the end. But, you know, we take what we can get, right? Yeah, we'll definitely take it. I think the one good sign is the money up top. It's definitely growing, obviously. And we've sure. got, uh, you know, like you said, it's always the play down factor. They're trying to keep it sort of FedEx Cup style, if you will. And that's okay. I didn't see even, did you see what the final uh, number is? And is it going to be alive if they can? Or how's that? I, I didn't even look at the whole details on it. I'm not sure I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the idea, so. I'd like that. Yeah. So just so you guys know, so Kenny had a little bit of stuff with work this week. He's going to be doing all his regular content over on his site. So you can go through that with you guys later on over at Gup's Corner. He'll, he'll let you guys know. Uh, and speaking of that, I mean, this is the thing here, Bear Off. Another thing for bringing you on. This Honda Classic Week, man, I'm a little bit sad. Should be down with all of my American brethren and friends and DFS peoples as we would be down at the DFS Open right now. But that's not the case this week. Obviously, with COVID, everything we thought it was best to keep it held up. I really think I'll tell you the conspiracy. I, I just mentioned your 200 K win. Uh, Joe, our other guy, man, Joe iodine, our, our boy, he also shipped for six figures. You guys are just holding out. You don't want to, you don't want to put up the bar of the drive shack for us again. Is that what it is? No, we would. Hey, we'd love to have everybody here. That was, <laughs> um, yeah, that was an awesome time. You know, really the whole week. Uh, we had a few of you guys who, who came down early in the week, uh, got to play some golf, had a nice dinner. Um, but yeah, it was great to see everyone. We definitely, um, plan to do it again uh, next year but doing the best we can this year yeah definitely maybe before we get into it we're going to do the recap obviously the players just an incredible tournament jt our guy we'll talk about that we'll get into it in one second but before we do just talk a little bit about that i know we've got a special tournament this week that we're doing sort of in in uh you know putting it in place instead of being down there live which is you know still a great thing and i've already hopped in i know you tweeted out the other day there's a lot of quote unquote, dead money of some of the industry's finest. But what talk to us about that. And then if people don't want to play in that tournament or can't for whatever reason may be, is there somewhere else that they'll be able to donate and just put their, you know, what's the cause, everything. Just talk about all that for us. Sure. Yeah, of course. So again, the um, DFS Open last year, you know, started uh, in partnership with the first tee of the Palm Beaches here. So again, they will be the beneficiary of, of all the wonderful money we raise. Um, and because we couldn't do it in person, we went to DraftKings and asked if they would host, you know, the online contest this year. And uh, they were kind enough um, to not only host, but they're also going to donate $10,000 on our behalf. Um, so yeah, super appreciative of that. But just going to be a standard DK contest this week, uh, $20 entry, five entry max. It will also be in place of Pat Mayo's event. So I thank him for all of his support. He'll tweet it out again. Uh, it's already about half full. So I expect it to be full, if not tonight, probably by noon tomorrow. Um, but yeah, half the prize pool, you know, we do have uh, 20K that's going towards the prize pool. Um, and the other 20K will be going directly to charity as will the extra $10,000 from DraftKings. So very excited about that. Um, and yes, for those of you that maybe can't get in or don't have a chance to get in the DraftKings contest, we'll definitely make a donation link available. Uh, we're just waiting on that from the first tee just to make sure we do uh, all of that the correct way. So we'll have that posted this week as well. 
Awesome. Yeah. When, when Ryan tweets that out, guys, I'll get it retweeted from the main account, my account, everything. I definitely want to support this. Uh, it was awesome. It's, you know, one of the chances we have to give back as a DFS community, we're always looking for things that we can do. And, you know, there's lots of fun events. The players do, uh, you know, fun things throughout the year, whether it's how many birdies Eagles for their own causes that they may be donating to. But if you guys can join this league, you know, Mayo is going to tweet it out. As he said, he's doing it in, in replacement of his league. We'll have our listener league, but I really do urge you guys and encourage you to join this one first. If you can, uh, ours has guaranteed overlay. So it'll always be there at the end of the week once this one fills up or like ryan said you can just go and donate if you do happen to miss out and then still jump in ours afterwards we'll get to this week's listener league winner here in a little bit but before that ryan we'll talk a little bit about the players man it was quite an event uh, i love some jt man this guy is just amazing i love to see the the killer clothes i i tweeted out yesterday just as a joke i said you know i remember now why he's not making anything and that front nine was just a brutal stretch the ball striking incredible the, you know, as Bones Mackay put it, the Hogan-esque clinic that he put on is quite high praise and certainly deservedly so. I think the, the funniest part of it for me was at the end, Jimmy Johnson walks up to Justin Thomas's dad, Mike, and says, hey, what a ball striking clinic. And he says, yeah, you know, he missed that fairway on 15 and the green on 18, but still, you know, it was the right thing. You know, just he even knows it right away. Like what a clinic he put on. What did you think of the event? What are some of the takeaways for you? And then, of course, JT taking home the trophy. Uh, yeah, uh, we are firmly on Team JT. I, I have been for oh, yeah. a while. I think, you know, probably since the middle of last year, you know, I've said he's probably the best player in the world when everyone's playing well. And, of course, DJ went on his run. But, um, yeah, he's just incredible. And I think like what you said, and this has been a pattern for Justin Thomas, like he just seems to have 10 to 15 feet for birdie on every hole. Sometimes he makes them. Sometimes he misses a lot of them. But I feel like he not only makes the most birdies, but he misses the most birdie chances, like just completely dialed in. And um, I think I said this to Feinberg uh, Wednesday when I joined his kind of late night periscope and we were talking about bets and numbers. And of course, JT was very popular because of the 20 to one number. But I looked at it more of, you know, number one, he's played this course really well. He had the most birdies at Sawgrass over the last five years. Like that in itself is enough for me to bet a guy. Um, two, it's hard when you're looking at the top players in the world. They're all really good. They all drive it well. They all hit the irons pretty well. But what's the number one difference between JT and a DJ, Rom, Rory, et cetera? He's better with wedges, right, and irons, and he's better with short game, and he showed that. Um, I think he lost a couple strokes putting on Sunday, correct? And still ran away with That's, it. Uh, yeah, I didn't even see the updated Justin Ray stat, but I know that uh, it was incredible that he lost strokes putting and still went on to win. Yeah, I mean, there's nobody that I've made more money on than Justin Thomas. I think um, I think this was my fourth or fifth time that I hit him as a winner. I actually hit him twice because I did re-up Friday night. Um, and he was on my 200K uh, Masters team as well. Like, yeah, I'm just going to play Justin Thomas every week and not overthink it. For, forever, forever. Yeah, yeah there was a, I, I forgot, I forget who posted it today, but it was like talking about their wins at their ages, his at 27 and J, and DJ's at age 36 and who will have more wins when we're all said and done. And I didn't see the results of the poll, but for me, it's JT. I don't care what anybody says. He might add three more wins this year. Like this guy is just so good. Uh, it's, it's hard to just speak so confidently about somebody, but man, it's like, it doesn't matter. And like you said, I think you put it best there because it's how many opportunities does he have? And it's an incredible amount. And you even see it in the tournaments when he finishes third, fourth, fifth, which are plenty of those as well, by the way, uh, I did see the stat 13 wins in his hundred starts. This was his 14th win, by the way, but th this is insane stats for a guy and just an insane uh, win clip as well. So mm -hmm. there's that, but when he does finish third, fourth and fifth, it's like he played his B game or his C game where he just missed everything. 
down the stretch. And we, you and I have been, you know, chatting in DMs and things like that about, you know, oh my, another one, another one. Like, is he ever going to make a putt for certain holes and certain events that we've been monitoring in the past? And that seems to be what it always is with him. So uh, certainly, you know, something there. Any, anything more on JT before we talk about the rest of it? No, just, yeah, I mean, play JT. There's really not, I mean, there's not a course that won't suit him because again, like he hits it as far as anybody. He is one of the five best iron players in the world, if not the three best iron players in the world. Um, and yeah, when you have that many uh, short birdie putts, you're going to make some. And I think that's why he wins a lot. And sometimes he wins by a lot, right? Like he's going to be the type of guy, like he's going to win some events by five, six, seven, eight shots. Absolutely. Yeah. Could have been yesterday. You know, if he didn't lose strokes putting, which is unlike him, you know, like we said, he misses a lot of putts, but he could have, you know, that front nine, what was he plus one after eight and then went on the little bit of a run there. And then obviously the Eagle chimed in and gave him that extra momentum and sort of put the, uh, you know, I talk about all the time, almost like a Kobe, right. He's a mob yeah. mentality. Like once he gets it done, it's, it's closing time. Yeah, I mean, guy he, hit, he will find green. a way. Yeah. Like yeah. he started plus one through eight and he had hit eight straight greens in regulation. Like, yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. That, that's what it is, right? That's what it comes down to. I want to talk about another guy, though, because, man, you, you would never expect to see that shot from Bryson DeChambeau. Forget about if people thought he was going to be where he was when the week started, uh, but let's just, you know, go from there. But he makes that shot. He called it himself not really a top. He just sort of messed it up. He, you know, used all his mumbo-jumbo lingo to try and explain how it happened and whatnot, but looked like a top to me. I don't know. It was a pretty bad shot. But to bounce back and make double bogey there, I personally had it as a quad. But, you know, as it was going on, once mm -hmm. the second shot was hit and so on and so forth, which was the third, you know, just everything that was going on. How does he make double bogey there? And then to think he only loses this tournament by two strokes with that happening to him, which is just so rare and all the missed putts down the stretch. What are your, what are your thoughts on Bryson and just this complete game that he's been bringing now? Yeah, I mean, I would. I laughed out loud when it happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of BS that he's making excuses. I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if it was yesterday night or whatever, but he also said that on the third shot, why it was so bad that his four iron cracked uh, and that it was yes. broken and couldn't use it the rest of the day. So whatever, but yeah, that was an incredible double bogey, probably the best double bogey I've seen. You know, he had to get it up and down from the woods uh, for six. So, but yeah, I mean, Bryson, look, he's going to, I think he's not going to be very consistent. You know, he's going to be a very up and down type player. And part of that is just the volatility of his game, right? He's going to, hit some drives out of bounds. It's going to probably find some bad spots in the rough, especially on, on uh, very difficult courses. But I think on the flip side, you know, he can get out of the rough a lot better than most. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's taller, he's hitting shorter clubs. Um, I, I think when we saw him on his run last year, he obviously was driving it really well, but what really made Bryson stand out last year was he figured out the putting, right? He was gaining yeah. three, four five strokes putting, per week for a long period of time and he's not quite there right now so um he's gonna win i think he's gonna win a lot um he's fun to watch i think he he adds a lot of it i i really enjoyed watching him at, at uh, bay hill um yeah. i didn't enjoy it as much this week because i was rooting against him um, that's so funny that's not to cut you off but that's so funny you just said that i was about to say the exact words i actually became a bigger fan at api which kenny and i talked about last sure. week but but I didn't realize why that was. And it was because I didn't have anybody in contention this weekend. I went right back to hating him, not, mm -hmm. you know, more, more figuratively than anything. Like just, you know, I, I hated the fact that he was possibly ruining potential tickets. I had Sergio tickets. I had my big JT ticket. I, you know, I had all these things on the line, you know, and then I'm like, gosh, this guy's just going to ruin everything. He's too good. And, and mm -hmm. I kept saying to my buddy, I said, he's just too good. Like that, that double bogey, people just, just didn't realize 
that that was like a quad for anybody else in that spot that day. It just, he's, he's been on, right. He, he's been yeah. on his game, the API. He did have a little bit of the putter going. He had those shots out of the rough. We started to realize it is a little bit more of the mental game too, that goes with it. And obviously he won at Jack's place. He won just last weekend, uh, you know, the previous weekend at Arnie's place. And you just know when he wants something, he almost mm -hmm. just can go out and get it. And it felt like he was going to do that here again at the players. Yeah. You know, I think what was interesting and, and it's hard because like when you look at the top guys on, on any golf course, like, they're all going to be good plays, right? It's hard to pick between them. I think even this week, like you had JT and you had Bryson and you had Rom and you had DJ and it was kind of hard to figure out who was going to be good. Um, I didn't have, a, actually, I didn't have any Bryson this week. Um, and I think one of the reasons for that, I was very surprised that he played so well because TPC Sawgrass is the type of course that takes driver out of your hands, not because of the rough or the way the course is set, but the way that the holes sit, there's a lot of holes where he couldn't hit driver. You saw it, like you said, on four, there was even a couple of par fives. I think number two, where he had to hit a, a three wood or five wood because he had to turn it around the corner. So I think with Bryson, I think how I'm going to approach golf courses is not based on, you know, narrow fairways or rough because he doesn't give a shit about that. He'll just hit it as far as he wants. Yeah. But what golf courses is he not going to hit as many drivers on, right? And what golf courses aren't going to have automatic birdies? I think any par 72 that has four par fives, I'm playing Bryson. I don't care. Uh, here, you had that plus a drivable par four. It's basically four or five birdies per day that he's going to get. So I think that's how you have to uh, look at Bryson. Yeah, I just thought the course was much harder. Really, you know what I mean? It, it definitely was. I mean, you know, I, I'm going to beat this one up this week, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll beat a dead horse with it. But I said the P in players stands for pressure, and it certainly showed on Sunday, right? Everyone had it on the line. There was so much on the line. A lot of mistakes were made. We had that whole WTF moment where we all started with Todd hitting it over to the second island, or, or almost on the second island, and then all of a sudden, all of these things started happening. Bryson, Westwood, JT couldn't make a putt, even though he's hitting everything. Like it was just a wild turn of events. And even the players Twitter account tweeted out like what is happening, all the gifts on Twitter, everything going on there. So uh, certainly made for a fun event, but I, you know, the previous week at API, I loved Bryson because of the four par five. So you just mentioned it. I mean, that ties together so well with the courses he does well on It's basically if there's four par fives, it's just too much. And the scoring is going to be too much and he's going to make the cut. And then it's just a matter of which Bryson shows up on the weekend. And typically a, a pretty good Bryson can show up and certainly did here again. We'll talk about, some other guys, when we get to this week's event, you know, you got Westwood, Gooch, Lowry, you know, Fitzpatrick is Berger, Berger is Fitzpatrick, Spider-Man pointing, Doc Giff, you know that. We'll get to that one, but uh, Berger, you know, Berger and Rom were the interesting ones to me just to round it out, and Berger will be talked about this week, but uh, each of them had a pretty bad day, right? Berger's, I believe, mm -hmm. was Saturday, Rom's was Sunday, and they're still sitting right there in the mix. It just goes to show uh, what these guys are capable of and be able to do it. So Berger will be popular come this week. You know, Victor Perez... You're, you're a big Euro guy, classic Euro. I, I heard last week we had a, our guest on Sundog Monkey. Uh, he said Rory's old caddy is on Victor Perez's bag, I believe. Is that correct? I didn't know that, I think that's, um, but I, th I, I think would, that's right. I he, would trust him. Said, I can't yes. remember. Yeah, I do. And Yeah, uh, Perez was you know, pretty incredible. Up. I'm sure you saw it, but um, on Friday, you know, he was playing by himself, had to go out first and make a 25-footer on 18 for him to make the cut on the number. He did that yeah. and then, yeah, and finished top 10, which is awesome. Yeah, I wish we would have got him for this week. I think that would have been uh, a really nice play. 
going into the, I mean, I see so many similarities with the, the Honda, the one joke I had last, someone asked about, you know, is the players a major, we kept having that conversation. We don't need to mm-hmm. dwell on that because we've been talking about it forever. I think it is like, to me, it, of course it's it not is. a major of course by that, is. but of course yeah. it is. Like you said, look, look at the atmosphere the, they play the same course, much like an Augusta field playing that same course, which is even more than some of the others. If you know, PGA USA or us open, all those ones where they don't play the same course. It's a, they, it's you know, a championship golf course against the best field in golf. Like, yes, it's a major. Yeah with huge money up top. And, and then the only thing I could say different was, well, Ricky Fowler won the players. So maybe not, <laughs> but because uh, that doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. I wonder if this week it leads into the conversation, if people will play Ricky here at, at the best buy pricing, 8,900 bucks, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Anything else you want to talk about Ryan with the players before we move on to the listener league? No, just, yeah. I mean, great golf course. I think you saw once again, you know, a lot of types of player can contend. You had of course, JT and you had Rom up there and, and you had Brian Harmon up there and you had Taylor Gooch up there who continues just to put the lights out. Uh, I, I think you're going to see it again this week with him, but yeah, just, it's just so much fun because anybody can be up there. Um, I think, I think one of the most enjoyable things that I watched all week was the Charlie Hoffman roller coaster. Not sure if you had any or you were watching, but of course, you know, on Saturday, he's in that kind of final pairing with Bryson and he made a birdie and he got up to minus eight. He was tied for second. Uh, later that day, he was tied for 50th. And then on Sunday, he was tied for 50th. And then he got all the way back up to eighth. <laughs> it was just, oh, it was crazy. Yeah, was just him and, uh, for the showdown people, the, the him and Corey Connors were, were like the, the two yeah. weekend riders, right? Where yeah, it was plus, just, yeah, you know, plus Connors make... Sunday, which was so yes. bad. And yeah. Yeah. If you add him into the mix, you know, think about guys that they played up, people played on Saturday and then just crushed on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty classic. If you're doing that, you know, I do a, a Saturday night round four showdown show for the Sunday stuff. And it was, it's tough to, to wade through it, but I think that's one of the biggest things you always see, right? Don't go, don't go away from the guy you liked on Saturday. It's one day. And we'll have those conversations with some of these guys we bring in for this week. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Awesome players, man. I thought it was great. Talk about the Listery league real quick. I got it up here. Uh, our guy T Bardo took it down with 540.5 bear off. And I'll read the lineup off to you and you can tell me what you think. Uh, it's already killing me because of my mega 7125. I didn't even look at the winning lineup till right now. And he's got JT, Berger, M, Zalatoris, Kokrak, and Kirk. So uh, before I give it over to you, I would just say, you and I just talked before the show, I I was looking for a way to get unique in the mega, uh, Mm -hmm. the 7125 on DraftKings. I had a really good week overall. Uh, obviously hit the JT bet, which I was all over with the whole world. And then uh, DFS actually went really well, even some five out of sixes, did well in the hundred dollar and things like that, where, you know, I still came through in the clutch, but uh, not enough to make up for that 7125. And that one, I was looking for a unique JT build. And that's exactly what I see here, right? Where you got two 8K guys with JT. I opted to go for Webb and Finau. The rest of my guys were pretty good. It was M, Zalatoris, Harmon, and uh, one other person. It was Hatton, who I wouldn't have got away from. But even with a five out of six with Hatton, I would have been much better off than where I was with uh, Webb and Finau missing. And I said to you before the show, Webb and Finau could have been JT Berger. Mm-hmm. And I would have had three guys in the 8K range, which I know was unique, only using one guy. And I would have avoided the Webb, Morikawa, Cantlay, Finau range, which I knew would be extremely popular in that tournament. So hurts to see it, but love to see it for T. Bardo here, taking down the win 540.5. What do you think of the lineup? I'll read it again. JT, Berger, M, Kokrak, Zalatoris, and Chris Kirk. Um. Yeah, that's extremely solid. I think um, I actually cut Berger and M from my pool very late. Not that I, you know, I thought they were both fine plays and 
obviously going to play them again this week. Um, <laughs> but I think what you said with the build, right? I think there were a lot of people who, yes, I think they were going to start JT, but I mean, even lower than that, I think uh, like what you said, they can't lay Webb, Hovland, Finau, Reed, Berger, and like that whole range I thought was just going to be peppered. And kind of most specifically, I thought it was going to be peppered with very balanced bills. So I said, you know, from basically um, Matt Fitzpatrick to um, who was 9,500 Webb, that I was only going to have one of them in every lineup, max one, right? So I had a lot of... Uh, uh, Justin Thomas had a lot of DJ plus kind of one of those guys and then hammered the seven. So um, I love the build. All those guys were, uh, were in my pool except for Berger and M. Um, and obviously that lineup really should have done better if Chris Kirk didn't implode on Sunday. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Five, 540.5 was a really good score, but you know, there was some five eighties and stuff out there. You just got to have the, the right mixture. And I think the lineup was set up quite well. I did like the eight K range last week, just for certain guys. Basically I said, Berger M Hatton and Fitzpatrick all ended up doing pretty well, except Hatton who ended up, uh, which has been a theme of his now, I guess, in majors and stuff like that. You look back, well, he's winning tournaments mm -hmm. in Europe and he won the API and whatnot. It's been a bit of a struggle in some of these bigger events still. So I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on that, but it definitely stands out to me. No, I definitely regret it because my final decision, I mean, I was always playing web. I told you that. So like I was going to be five out of six, but, but my final decision very late, I went from Paul Casey up to Hatton uh, one because I had the hundred bucks. Uh, but two, you know, when I first look at pricing last week, the guy that stood out most to me as the biggest misprice was Hatton for 8,500. So I would have killed myself if he did well after I'd swapped off of him. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, really good yeah. week. Hatton, it's weird because he he has the type of game that should be fine at these places. Like he, he normally hits a lot of fairways. He's a very good iron player. He's got an awesome short game. Um, he just wasn't good. That's it. Yeah, that's what happened. I mean, he grinded to, you know, plus one. I think he missed a cut right on the number, basically. But yeah, it happens. It's one of those things. We can all look back and say we could have done, could have, should have, would have. But we'll move on to this week. Last shout out to uh, Next World Champ, our guy, Nelson Ag Adcock, the bot, in seventh. He uh, had 506 there. It looks like, uh, who let him down? Uh, he had a lot of guys at 80 points. You know, Rom, Zalatoris, Answer was at 70. But nice lineup, so, you know, right there in the mix at 506. I wish I had a had that one in the mega that would look good right now as far as i looked at those results today that would have been like fifty thousand. so uh on to this week we've got the big uh you know tournament ahead of us here so uh maybe ryan we don't have kenny kim here but just talk to us a little bit about the course maybe things you're looking for i'll chime in with a few things and then we'll hop right into breaking down these tiers yeah i mean it's it's pretty obvious i mean one it's going to be mass carnage like there is every single year um I'd be interested to see what the weather's like. I, I obviously live here, <laughs> but yeah. because you live here, you don't really pay attention much to the weather. Um, it's definitely gotten warmer, like for the last week and a half or two weeks. Um, it, it, it has not rained here very much. So it's definitely going to be firmer and of course will be playing even shorter than it normally does. So definitely pretty firm conditions. Um, and it also doesn't seem to be quite as windy as it's been. Now, granted, I, I haven't been on a golf course. I'm home a lot. I'm in my car, I'm in my driveway. But uh, I do think the wind's been down a little bit. But when these courses get firm and when these greens here get firm, it's just impossible. You can't hold the greens. They are tiny. Uh, scrambling becomes very difficult. Um, so I'll definitely be looking at that a lot. And the other thing that I'll say about this course is there's only two par fives, right? And so I think when that happens, you can obviously kind of throw par five scoring out the window for the most part. And you're going to rely very heavily on par three, par four scoring, specifically par four scoring. Um, there's just a lot of really good par fours, not long, 
uh, there's not a lot of holes where guys are going to hit drivers. And so again, like I'm obviously going to use strokes gain stuff, but if you're looking and especially like if you're someone who's on fantasy national and kind of building your custom models, I would look very hard at strokes gain off the tee at less than driver courses. And so look here, uh, look at Sony and look at Harbor town and those sorts of places and see who gains strokes off the tee at those places, because that's usually more of the guys who are accurate. And I think that's what you need here this week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like it, you know, I've looked at it a little bit, obviously not living there and having to look at things like the weather early, never the best idea to look at it too early because things can change. So certainly keep an eye on stuff throughout the week. Obviously my content over at rotogrinders.com, you guys will be able to get updates throughout and across Twitter, et cetera. But I think uh, right now, bear off, it shows Thursday, you know, 20 plus for wins, which is something. And then Sunday, oh, yeah. it actually shows like, like 30 plus. So oh, good. Uh, I don't, you know, that, that'll make for some fun. I love uh, carnage. I like, you know, last year being live there with Sung Jay down the stretch. Remember one at six under. Yeah. Right? If, this if was that a- sort of weather holds up, you're not going to see anybody getting your double digits under par. And I think you're going right. to see a plus two or plus three cut again. Oh, big time. Yeah. So no, none of this Thursday tilting stuff, right? You know, a lot of guys will start off bad on Thursday or have a rough Thursday and you never know, just have to grind it back and make the cut on Friday. And then anything can happen. Reminiscent also, I mean, we didn't talk about that with the players, but you know, all you had to do was make the cut. And you were live JT himself, 64, 68 to go out. And obviously he came back and I think it tied a record for seven strokes back to win the thing, but it's just the way it goes that these tougher tracks with a lot of carnage, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned some of the things I'm sort of in on, you know, just besides that, I think always, you know, tee to green form. This is really not a place in my mind from, you know, my history following this tournament to get right. If you will, right. It's, you got to come in, no. you got to come in correct. You got to have your stuff. You can't expect to come in here and try and figure it all out and just get lucky and go your way. Very rarely, at least. And then the scrambling factor you talked about, it's already hard enough to hit these greens. Then you get those swirling winds. They can come out of anywhere on this course. We know that. So I think that's a, you know, a big thing. You already mentioned scrambling. And then last thing, you know, just to keep in mind a little bit, you know, when you're building your lineups for me, and we'll talk a little bit about your lineup construction thoughts in a second, bear off, but for me, you know, you can't really build to say, okay, what if this, what if that? But when you're building, you're building with six out of six in mind. So if you're thinking about the weekend here, you know, there's a lot of guys in this field. There's Furick, Streelman, ZJ, all these types that we're going to joke and talk about. But realistically, these are the types of grinders that, you know, bogey avoidance is their thing. They don't really make a lot of mistakes. When they're missing on these scoring courses for us, when we're like, damn, we wish they made that birdie, they're, they're making par still. It's just, we wanted birdies on that set course. Now we're talking about a course where par is an absolutely great score. And so some of these guys, when you're building, you got to think about that. You may not love the look of your lineup going into the weekend. You may say weird things about a guy like Streelman, but at the same time, it may be a guy that you want to put into your lineups because he is going to be able to grind out this tournament for you and end up in a top 10 or a top 20 position that makes that lineup work. So any thoughts just on the overall lineup construction thoughts for a tournament like this? And then, you you know, if you want, you can even tie it to the fact and use it as a segue into the tiers of Im and Berger being, you know, along with Neiman being so popular up at the top for sort of a stars and scrubs look is what you'd think we'd see. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. And I think we've seen this, you know, number one with all these Florida courses that are tough, right? It's obviously near impossible for you to get six to six through. It's been very rare uh, uh, for the last few weeks. And I think from playing all these cues that I'm telling you about, right? A lot of five or six teams have won. And I think one of the problems that I've been having personally is that I am playing the guys like Streelman and Furick trying to get a six to six. I end up getting either a six to six or a very good five of six that doesn't score. And then I get passed by a five of six that does score. 
Uh, so I think you have to look at it both ways. I still think you have to look at guys who will make birdies. Um, I'm going to play Jim Furyk this week still, of course. He's actually playing pretty well. Um, oh, yeah. I think, but in terms of my build, you know, it's going to be tough. I don't think there's going to be a ton of action in the 9K range. Um, I think obviously Taylor Gooch is is probably going to be chalk and <laughs> like to see him at that price in a full field of health a full field event is pretty crazy. Um, I think that plus the fact that he'd been running a hot putter, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to go there. Um, I think you also have Cameron Tringali up there, but excuse me while I cough. Um, sorry, I just muted myself for that. Um, I just don't think people are going to go here. I think everybody is going to start with either Berger or M or Neiman or potentially both. Um, I think that's going to be the most popular build this week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's what I was sort of leaning into. Uh, you know, you brought me there. Uh, I guess that's the thing is, and we'll talk about it as we go down the list, but in the 6Ks, there's a few names. There, there's plenty of names, I guess, that you could talk about, but can you really play them or click them in? And then does that work on a tougher track like this versus, you know, it's not a US Open. Don't get me wrong. I know I saw some stuff out there. I think it was Steve Bamford's article, which is a great one. If you guys don't read it every week, check him out. Uh, you know, he's got some good stuff. And he mentioned a little bit of a, you know, US Open ties, Sundog Monkey, I think might've talked about it as well, who we had on the podcast last week, just checking out some stuff coming in. I think, you know, it's not saying it's US Open. It's kind of saying that people that had US Open pedigree can play well here and or have at least in the past. But the idea would be when it's the US Open, and you and I have talked about this in the past, but it's it's a lot of amateurs and qualifiers down in that 6K range, relating it back to DraftKings and, and Daily Fantasy. And it makes, you know, everyone wants to play Brooks Kepka at 12K at the US Open, but then what else goes into your lineup and how does that look over an entire four days if they even can get through and make the cut? So some of that comes to mind here for me. I'm not sure if it's going to be Tringali and Gooch and Henley and these guys, but uh, you know, Lowry's in there, Kirk, who we could go back to. There's lots of guys we can talk about where I do think there is some balanced build structures that will work. Obviously, as you guys know, on rotogrinders.com Wednesday night, lineup HQ show. You can check me out there. I'll break it all down. That's sort of where we see this stuff. Notorious and I did it last week. I'm on with STL cards this week, breaking it down for tournaments, but let's go right into it. Before we go to the upper tier here, bear off one thing to note, if people didn't see it, uh, a lot of withdrawals today, right? Uh, the COVID-19 uh, withdrawals, you know, has stepped up. So there, there's been a few. So Woodland, Burns, Piercy, Redmond, I believe is the latest. I know there was a fifth that came early, but I don't think they made the pool. I don't even know if Brian all of those guys made. Yeah, Harmon was the other one. That's mm -hmm. right. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know who all is in the pool versus actually withdrew because some of them were from before, but there is some in there. They'll get marked out by DraftKings, but just remember that when you're going down through and keep an eye for it, we will get to the betting segment and the one and done stuff later on, but let's get into this first tier bear off. We've got Sung J M Berger, Westwood Neiman and Adam Scott for the five figure tier. Yeah. Um, I would say, so the model likes Neiman uh, quite a bit. Um, I'm a little bit opposite. You know, I, I definitely, and I think I'm not going to be very unique here. A uh, burger and him to me are, the two clear plays that if I'm going to jam two of them in, it's going to be those two. Uh, I will say there is some late breaking news that Berger uh, may be hurt. Uh, of course, if he withdraws, it's going to be pre-event. Um, although we've seen him do it post-event also. <laughs> so definitely keep an eye on that. Um, I just don't. Yeah. I think the field is so weak that I just, I just don't see myself playing balance builds this week. I want to get as much win equity as I can. And even in this weak field, I think Berger, Neiman, M, the three of them have so much win equity that I'm going to play two of them in most of my lineups. Um, okay. 
In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit NCGA.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Adam Scott's been really bad. I don't know why, uh, but just all around game has just not been good. So I'm definitely not going to go there. And Westwood, I know he's got the lads and dads thing going on today and tomorrow. Yeah, still, the, still, honestly, I'm I'm a little surprised he's going to play uh, because Westwood. I mean, one, he's now played a few weeks in a row. He's obviously going to play the match play next week. I assume he's going to play Valero because he is normally the guy who plays the week for a major following. Uh, and then the master. So that would be six in a row for him, which seems like a lot. Um, but on the flip side, Lee Westwood loves this golf course and he plays well here pretty much every time he's here and he's playing well and he's making a million dollars a week. So why not? Yeah, I, that's kind of what I think. I know there's a, I didn't hear the burger stuff yet on the injury. So that's interesting. Obviously something you guys will want to keep an eye out for, but the Westwood conversation today was that he might withdraw before the event goes down after playing a couple days at Augusta with the sun. And then who cares? Like you said, he just won, like he, he won more at the players making that putt on 18 for 1.6. He, he almost won. I, I keep saying more. He won like 25 or 30,000 less than if he had won the API the week before mm-hmm. where he also won a million dollars. So it's like, you know, like you said, uh, pretty good two weeks for him. Obviously, you know, no cares in the world. He's just enjoying himself, living his best life. It's yes, he wants to win these tournaments. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, he's super competitive. That's why he's been playing for as long as he has and as well as he has. But at the end of the day, he's he's living a pretty good life. You know, it's nothing. And then imagine, like you said today, you know, you're a dad as well as I am. Get to go out with your kid and play Augusta for two days now and and put in 36 holes. I think life is pretty damn good at that point. So uh, we'll see what he does. We'll see with the burger stuff. I'm not sure. I like burger and Neiman. I don't know mm-hmm. what's, you know, him, I still like, I just think he's going to be super popular. I think if people are paying up, it's going to be to him. It just feels like that. I know a lot of people, maybe they don't, right. I know a lot of people have this 33 to one ticket that they've been sitting on. And, and, you know, I'd be stoked to have that ticket too. I didn't grab it, but at the same time, it does feel pretty tough to go back to back. And, you know, I was there, you were there, we were there last year watching this guy, like yep. everything had to go right. And damn, you know, he did well. <laughs> it's some JM. He played some great golf, played some great golf last week. Not saying he's not going to do well. I agree with you on the win equity factor. It's him, Berger, and Neiman. Those are basically your three guys that are likely to win this thing. It's tough to put Henley, Tringali, Fowler, Davis, guys like this that are coming up below, uh, you know, in that same class. So I agree with you there. It's just all in how you build. And I think for me, I, I guess my way to be different here would be to start with one of them and then balance out, not play a balance build like, you know, six, eight K guys or something, or, or, you know, one, nine K three, eight Ks and go down that way. But maybe if everyone's going to build with two, and again, if everyone's going to do that, then to your point, maybe we can find some guys at the bottom where we use two of these guys in every lineup. And that's what sets us up to be unique. I'm not sure yet what people will do. Obviously a burger or, and, or Westwood withdraw, that would be a big difference maker. I, I do think Neiman is pretty strong at 10, four. I know he's not, you know, having the best, but that was a pretty quiet 29th 
last week. He actually is number one tee to green over the last three months and six months. If you, however you want to shake it out, he pops up in both those categories. So I think that uh, stands out to me. And then we know, you know, he can get the, the putter going at any given time. So Berger and Neiman are my favorite too. The injury stuff, I'll have to keep an eye on. What 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 all did you hear exactly on that? Or what what's the... the no, apparently he's been hurt for a couple of weeks. Um, he was talking about it after the round and a couple of local uh, media sources had it today. He was getting, okay, I think an MRI, but he's played okay. through it for a couple of weeks. Obviously he wants to play here, but he's got, you know, World Golf Championship and a major to play soon. So if he pulls out, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like that as much when you tell me that that is scary. And then we think about it, it's almost like in the NFL when teams have sort of a look ahead spot and we've seen them, you know, a big, sure. a big upset or something and all your buddies that are playing in their pools, like how did that team lose to this team? But you kind of had it in your mind that it's because they've got this big game next week. That's that can definitely be on the mind of these golfers. And, you know, again, a guy that will be pretty popular this week is Daniel Berger. So, uh, you know, and then also everybody loves the hot Sunday round and Berger went out and shot five under mm-hmm. on Sunday. So you mentioned grinding through it. Uh, Paul Casey, not the best Sunday, but not the worst, but at the same time, a great tournament for him. T5 at another big event. And uh, he was shaking that wrist pretty hard on Thursday. You know, there was already talks about, here we go. Here goes Paul ready to withdraw and then goes on to finish fifth. So not saying it can't happen with a guy like Berger, but that would be pretty interesting if he's going to be extremely high owned as I expect here. And then we've got some more news like that coming out. So definitely keep your ears open for that. Let's move into this nine K range. It is quite small, but there is some guys in there. So you got Henley Gucci. It sounds like everyone's all aboard Uh, Shane Lowry like that call. And then you got Tringali and Kirk to round it out. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, very interesting range. You know, I, I don't like playing anybody uh, in this range that's going to be popular on a course like this. I think we just saw it last week, right? And those yep. were very good players. Webb Simpson, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantley, Tony Finau. So, I mean, you're replacing them in basically the same spot with Gooch, Chingali, Henley, and Kirk. Uh, yeah, so not a lot of interest here. I, I think if I had to pick a couple um, – I think Lowry makes a lot of sense, but I also think he he's probably the one that would be the highest owned here. I do like Lowry. Um, he's played pretty well here. Um, I think he's been here three times. He's made the cut every time um, and kind of pretty consistent. Like he's been good off the tee, pretty good short game, pretty good putting. It, I think the interesting one's going to be Taylor Gooch, right? Um, he is somebody who's been, I mean, really very solid all year, but he's been just been doing so much with the putter. I just, I don't know. It's not sustainable, and I think if I'm going to fade him, because I've been playing him, but I think if I'm going to fade Taylor Gooch, it's going to be a popular spot when he's the highest price that we've ever seen him. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. That's what I was just going to say, and I, I think he will be popular at 9,300. I also think he fits the mold of the you know Neiman Gooch or the Burger Gooch or M Gooch, whatever you want to call it, setup of a build where it's you know there is other guys in here. I might give uh, Tringali a pass if I was going to play someone that's expensive Mm -hmm. that's in this range. And only because if you look last week, like round one was actually fine. It was round two where he lost it a little bit, but you got to give the guy credit. If you go back to the the numbers before that miscut, it was 31st, 26th, 7th, 17th, 18th. He's playing some of his best golf. His stats line up. Everything looks pretty good from a tee to green perspective. So it's not like he's getting right. It was literally one bad round that cost him missing the cut last week at plus three. And then you've yeah. got his history here where the last two times out alone were 27 and 36. And you could say that that isn't even when he was playing his best golf. I think he's playing some of his best golf right now. And so he'd be the one that would be a little bit more interesting to me. Do you have any thoughts on that? And then yeah. what about Henley too, because Henley's not in a get right spot. You know, he's, he would be considered in that because he hasn't been playing well. 
the last couple of months, but if you go over the long-term stats of the last six months, let's say his approach and, and his game looks pretty good. Decent history here, obviously a win back in 14. So maybe just uh, Tringali and Henley a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I think with, so I'll start with Henley. Um, I can never blame anybody for playing Henley here. It's kind of the same with Sony open of course is that he just plays really well on and fits. Uh, I don't care too much about the form. He, he obviously hasn't been great, but I think again, like, one, it's not the build that I'm looking for. And two, it's not the price that I'm looking for. Like he's the sort of guy, like we've been just making a ton of money playing him in the low seven K's all year for the, like, and now he's 10 K. I just don't see the value there. And I think with Tringali, um, I would have a little bit of interest in him. You know, I don't know how you look at the numbers. Like when I look back at how he's played this course historically, his approach game has been good and his around the green has been terrible. And then his putting has been really good. So it's like, okay, is he going to sustain that putting or is that going to regress or is his short game suddenly going to get better? And uh, usually guys who are bad around the green on Bermuda courses, uh, they don't get better. It just kind of stays the same. Yeah, no, I definitely hear that. I think, uh, you know, that is a good point to bring up. And I was just trying to pull it up on the flyer because he did come 27th here last year which if we're thinking it's going to be similar conditions, sort of that fast and firm that you talked about, you know, let's say a six under type yep. score for the win, you know, last year here, uh, almost five strokes gained on approach overall three and a half T to green wasn't the best off the tee, but it wasn't like it was all putter. And I mean, 1.8, it was a little bit of putter, but typically if you look what he's been doing, you know, Sanderson farms four, Shriner six, uh, eight, a pro-am, ATT pro-am six. Like these are the ones where he's actually finishing top 10 and, you know, three M open five strokes game with the putter finishing third. So, I mean, by rights, if we get a putter, look out, that could be awesome for 90, 90, uh, 100, but we, we can't count on the putter, but still uh, it's like you said, and maybe it's not the build to look for. And then Lowry seems like he's going to be a little bit popular as well. Did, did you have any more thoughts on Shane Lowry? Just because coming off a pretty good week last week. And if we get that wind popping up here, he sort of fits the build, right? Fits the mold. Yeah. I mean, I think people are going to see the pedigree, right? And when you look at him, a major champion Ryder Cup player, and he's priced with Gooch, Henley, Trincali, and Kirk, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think then you look at the fact that he's made three cuts there and that he's notoriously a good hard course player, a good win player. It just, yeah, I have a feeling that kind of relative to the other guys here, his, his ownership's going to get out of hand. Um, but on the flip side, he is definitely my favorite play in the nine Ks. Yeah. And I read too, that he's uh, got a house pretty close by now. Right. So this should be a little bit of a home game for him. That, yeah. That'd be a little bit, a little bit interesting angle to take, but you know, you've heard Brooks talk about him in the past as one of the better grinders on tour, obviously he held Brooks off at an open to, to take the thing down. So, I mean, he, he's yep. got some pedigree, but like you said, it's all what happens with ownership and what people think. But I, I mean, between Gooch and Lowry, who you pick it? Lowry. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. That's what I was going to say. And I think it'll be uh, close. If not, it could be lopsided. We're early in the week. It's almost the first look here. So uh, let's move on to this 8K range. If you have anything else to add, by all means, but we've got right at the top, my, my ex favorite, Ricky Fowler, 8,900. You know, I, I switched mm. from him to JT quite a while ago. It was good, a good trade at the time. Uh, it's worked out pretty well, you know, as a favorite golfer. I, I love JT. Happy to see him get that win last week. It was pretty emotional for him and his family, but it was just amazing to see. We've already talked through that. But Ricky Fowler, do people play him here at 8,900? You know, is this his final last hurrah where he can bounce back, a place he's got second, first, and sixth in three of the last five years? I hope they play him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Those if it guys. hasn't happened, I think if it hasn't happened yet, I think this week there's going to be the funeral of, of uh, Ricky Fowler. I just, I mean, there's nothing that's pointing to any kind of success here. 
Yeah, he's he's just been bad across the board. He's making big numbers. He's missing fairways. He's not putting well. He's not chipping well. And yeah, and I think, like you said, this is not a get right spot. Yeah, and I think that's what I was just gonna say. Not not only that. Here's the thing. Ricky gets a lot of flack for this. I know he's you know shouting out his boys and giving you know daps after the tournaments. You know that's the running joke with him. All the high fives and fist bumps and everything. But it's still gotta you know hurt a little bit too. Maybe it motivates him. We'll see. But I'm certainly not on the camp of playing him this week, regardless. But you know when his boy JT wins the players, clearly he's gonna be happy. He sort of doesn't care about a lot of things. It's almost like a uh, an, a younger Lee Westwood, if you will, of a guy just doesn't care. He's got everything else already going so great for him that why does it matter? But at the same time, when everything's going wrong, it's not a get right course. I don't really care about your history because it's not how you've been playing lately. It's not who you are right now. And he's even talked openly about some of the mental stuff, which is not really like him, where he said, you know, it's affected him and Joe, his caddy, Joe Scoverin, uh, his wife at home has to deal with it. All of the, the media stuff that he's doing, he's added even more sponsors, I believe, you know, so the running joke now with Faldo bringing it up a couple of weeks ago, I'll just do six more commercials. He actually, I think has added more sponsorships. So it's just, it's a never ending saga. And then you, you know, you're struggling so hard and even Spieth is bouncing back and JT's winning the players and all that. Your boys are winning. Of course you're happy for them, but you know how it works, right? Like it can't be, there is a lot of mental aspect that goes into the game. So I've got a hard time with Ricky Fowler here. Uh, talk to me about some of the rest of the range here, bear off and just guys that stand out for you in the AK range. Um, yeah, again, not a lot. So I, I think there's people here that, that you'd play, but no one I have a ton of interest in. I think, I think Doug Gim's going to be very overvalued this week after last week. Not a lot of interest there. I think Brennan Steele makes a lot of sense, but his, his short game is just so bad that this is not the type of course that I want to play him on for 8,700. You know, we usually play Steele for kind of a, a mid sixes, low sevens, because he makes a lot of birdies, but uh, not exactly what you're going to get here. So I think if I had to pick a couple guys who I am going to play, I think one would be Matt Wallace. Um, and I think two would probably be Cameron Davis. I'm not happy about it, but he scores and he's played well here. Yeah, I, I do agree. A um, couple guys stand up for me, I guess. The, the one thing I'll say on Steel that interests me just a little bit is the, you know, especially if Gim gets really popular or people are playing the course history angle on Ricky. The thing about Steele is he hits fairways. And if you go back and look, you know, Josh Culp does some great stuff with quotes and things like that. You can go back and find, he'll post them out there where, you know, every single quote pretty much says it's, you just got to put it in the fairway to give yourself a chance. And that's pretty much what Brendan Steele does. So like you said, well, he doesn't have necessarily the around the green game or the scrambling that we want. If he is positioning himself, well, he could, we've definitely seen it in the past. He's got a great history here. Fourth, 14th, 14th, 11th, 33rd, like this is just the last six, seven years. And he's coming in off, you know, five, six straight made cuts at least. 41st last week wasn't great, but the stats were, you know, up and down. Before that, though, 18th the week before. So I think he's a little bit interesting to me. I'm with you on Cam Davis. Uh, eighth year last year, watched it live, loved it, you know, every second. I had a bet on him last year, but I also had the Sung Jay. So that was a nice tournament and a nice result. Uh, Keegan, I don't know if you've got any interest, but again, just talking about a guy who's coming in hot, 29th, 10th. Last couple of events, puts it in the fairway, can hit greens. Don't love the idea of him scrambling and whatnot, but he, he's a guy that would stand out to me. And then lastly, I just wonder if you got any love for these guys at the bottom, but Fratelli has looked pretty good. If you go to some of the numbers, his tee to green game is right up there with Berger even last week, and he just didn't have a putter. Uh, he's got the around the green game stuff. Everything that you know I'm looking at shows out okay for a guy like Fratelli. So any thoughts of these guys at the bottom? Keegan down to Wyndham Clark. We, uh, Wyndham's got the, the course history as well, I believe. Yeah, Keegan, um, he's obviously local. Seems to make sense here, but just historically has not been good here. 
so not going to play him. Um, I do like Fratelli. I, I actually bet him this morning. I like the T degree game. He can get really hot with the putter plays well in the wind. Um, I think beyond that, you know, Benny on has a really good course history, but he's also playing atrociously. So I think you have to weigh those two things as well. Yeah. I think that's a bigger factor for sure. I wonder about that. If Benny on, uh, and Wyndham Clark, both, you know, all these course history guys will, you know, in my opinion, they always do get a bump. You see it out there, but then it's like I said, none of them like Fowler, Benny on and Wyndham Clark, none of them are playing good golf right now. So, uh, I know it's a small sample size of the last, you could say two to three weeks or month, but it's just, it's really not. So unless they found something this past week or they went out and worked on it and, and work on it today and tomorrow, I do have a really tough time getting to them here, uh, hopping into the seven K range bear off. I'll keep it rolling here for you, but, uh, 7,900 down to say 75, maybe a couple guys that stand out for you. Sure. Uh, just go right back to the betting card, uh, okay. Poston. I like him a lot here. He seems to make a lot of sense. He's been making a lot of birdies. Um, I was really encouraged last weekend because he was, he was plus six after eight holes Thursday and came all the way back, made the cut. And I think he just missed the top 20, maybe uh, 21st, 22nd. But yeah, I mean, just, you know, really good uh, win player, Bermuda putter, three for three cuts here. Probably like him the most. And then number two, Streelman. I mean, not much to say there. A, a grinder, plays well in the wind makes a lot of birdies. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I know Poston didn't because both Mayo and myself had him for the top 20 bet. Grinded it out for us, man. He did his thing. 22nd place, of course, uh, in the end. But uh, I really liked it, especially because it was the first couple days, but he was on the bet. He was he was uh, in the group with Max Homa, which is his boy. Been watching him get some Ws lately, you know, at least one, a big one at the Riviera. So uh, I think that was, you know, at Genesis, I, I should say, at the course Riviera. I, I thought that was an angle to take in and play, had some history at similar courses. Wyndham was a comp course for last week, which he'd obviously won. And I believe the nice thing I like about Poston is I also believe he was bogey free on Sunday in a, in pretty tough conditions this past Sunday here at the players. I can't remember exactly if it was him, but I'll have to go back and check, but I think that's correct on Poston. Uh, some other guys, you mentioned Streelman. I agree with you there. Uh, Luke list is, is, is in a spot. I know he, you know, just missed the cut and the week before he just made the cut or whatever, but uh, he just, you know, seems to do well here. He can put it out there. He's been hitting some fairways, things like that. I do worry about the overall game. And then you've got some grinders underneath him, like a Zach Johnson. So uh, going down below, maybe another couple, just 7.5 or 7.4 down to 7K. Any any guys down there that stand out for you? I know Redmond withdrew, like we mentioned, at 7,100, but maybe some other guys down there? Yeah, not too much. I actually missed a couple because they're uh, right at 75. But I have yep. interest in Patton Kazire, uh and KH Lee. So I think, I think both of them make a lot of sense here, uh, especially K.H. Lee, who, who has played well here. I think below that, you know, I guess I would use this range for more kind of ownership leverage, guys who yeah. have burned people. So, you know, I probably look at, you know, Matt Neesmith. I look at Henrik Norlander. I think those are guys who pretty high caliber who have played well long term and just had, you know, one or two bad events recently. Yeah, and I also think you can bring a guy like Neesmith in. Well, it, you know, is kind of contradicting what I said a bit earlier, but the reason I'll bring it up is just that is that also, you know, you know what for, for a guy like Neesmith, just looking at the numbers, 20th, 16th, and 7th in, in before these two very difficult fields that he played in. Now he's sort of a, a big fish in a small pond versus before he was, the, you know, the small fish in the big shark tank with all these big names. Now you're going into a, it's still a difficult course. 
don't get me wrong, but if you look at his ball striking numbers, all of that, I've got a bet on him. So talking about betting cards, he's definitely on there. The ball striking has been incredible. And I don't really think it's as much as getting right. I don't, I don't have the numbers right here in front of me for last week, but I can, uh, I can look at it pretty quick and just see, yeah, really, really struggled round one, got it back round two, but it was too late. Plus nine, not the best week, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know about one week like that. For me, it's a little bit, you know, dip, no, more plus it's about, yeah, plus it's about the upside, like what you said, you know, when they're playing well, I mean, Neesmith, Norlander, they were consistently top 20, right? With some top 10 upside. I don't think you have that from Mickelson. I don't think you have that from Moore. I don't think you have that from Vegas. I don't think you have it from Mitchell. I don't think you have it from RCB or Sabatini. So yeah, like I'm going to take the guys who have the most upside here. <laughs> Sabatini just rem- reminded me of the uh, lovely part that we had with the players with getting every shot, be able to see it. And then the first cut podcast oh, spliced it together. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. Shout, shout out to them. That was amazing to see. Love that. <laughs> just, uh, you know, I wish we could get that all the time and I forget who else someone else posted, but you know, uh, you know, if we could just pay money, to have this access at all times, I would definitely be in on that because it's just so good to be able to hear everything they say and some of the conversations as they're ongoing. So yeah, great, great for that. Like you said, not a lot of upside, maybe one other guy that stood out to me. I don't know if you have a, a rebuttal on this, but Adam Long has been showing up in, in, you know, at a lot of different tournaments now, and he just does it so quietly and nobody ever plays him uh, 27th here last year. 22nd last week when no one's even talking about it really good ball striking week he's actually been on with his you know as far as the numbers go uh, you know i think he would stand out to me as just a flyer you know i'm not saying plug him in your cash games or maybe your single entry i think people here would be more on a guy like ches Reeve or a guy like richie Wierenski or ryan moore or those types neesmith even but I, I don't mind adam long just for the potential the scrambling and stuff worries me a little bit but if he plays like he did last week i think he could have some upside at 7100 yeah, I actually don't mind that. I I think both Wiley and I, we probably play long more than most people. You know, he had a, a very good run in the fall. And then as soon as the restart happened, I shouldn't say restart, but the new calendar year happened, he missed four cuts in a row. And then he kind of found something last week. So yeah, I would definitely have interest in long. You know, I think he's another guy who has more upside than I'm just looking at who's around him. Harry Higgs, Will Gordon, Sabatini. Yeah, I like Adam Long. Yeah, I think he's pretty interesting. And I also think that uh, just back to it again, I know, like I said, I think it was Bamford that brought it up, but 13th at the U.S. Open, Adam Long. That, you know, talk about a tough tournament, tough conditions, tough field. This is, again, now he's 7,100. Like, if we can get some of that upside back, and he did find it a little bit there last week, I think he would be a, a strong play down there. You want Lucas Glover this week? I mean, you, you got a litany of guys between ZJ, Streelman, we'll get to Wesley Bryan, you know, all these guys. Lucas Glover, does he fit the mold or what? I mean, in theory, yes. Uh, I think, again, with Glover, you know, it should be a course that fits him. He's played okay here over the years, drives it really well, drives it really straight. Obviously, irons are never an issue. It's just, you know, what is he going to do with the short game? Yeah. But I think he's worth a flyer here. Yeah. I I agree. And if you look back, I missed the cut last year, but fourth, 17th, 21st, the three years before that, he's coming in off three made cuts, a 48th last week. Uh, he certainly fits the mold for me, like just as a, another he guy. He scored again, last maybe... week too. I played him both weekend rounds for showdown. He scored quite a bit over the weekend. Yeah, you got all the sharp showdown plays. I need to do uh, <laughs> get you on a show or do something like that with you because you're always crushing it out, and that's the cues that you win. You don't come in second in those ones very often. You have to, you'll take those ones down. That's where you've got the edge. So, for sure. Uh, I, lo- I love that. That's the sharpness we like to see. Uh, going down in the 6K range, I guess you don't need to name a million names or anything, but I just is there some that stand out? And then tie together with me, and as we round this thing out, about 
you know, talking about those M burger or M Neiman type lineups, like how, how do you do this down here? What's your thoughts on bringing the whole roster construction together with using some of these? I think apps? you have to not be afraid to play two or three here. Okay. Um, I think you mentioned Wesley Bryan. Do you want to start with that and tell me why you love him so much? No, I absolutely do not. I want you to tell me why his name even came up in the DMs today because uh, Wesley Bryan, I think it was Wesley Bryan, Streelman, uh, ZJ, like this was just a, a cluster. And then we didn't even talk about our guy Furick yet. So uh, he was at, he's at 6,900. So I, I certainly do not like Wesley Bryan. If you can tell me why his name might have even came up, that would be better. And then we can move on to the rest of this range. Cause I, I see nothing. Yeah. I mean, look, he, on my he's, he's played well. I'm not just here. Um, he had a fourth place finish here. And I think when, I don't know if it was a Q school or whatever that he played here, but he did pretty well. So he's played well here. He's played well on these sorts of courses. You know, you look at Harbor town and something like that where he obviously won. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he'll be popular. Uh, you mentioned Furek. I'm going to play it. I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to play it. And who else I like down here? Patrick Harrington. Very interesting name here. Sneakily been playing well. Uh, Cameron Percy, probably somebody who I'm actually excited to play has been really oh, good well. ball striking. I think, yeah, yeah I, I think Mayo has been talking about him for a while. Um, not much else here. Bronson Bragoon would probably be the last guy that I have some interest in this week. Kenny Kim talks about per Percy all the time, right? I forget. I think it was like the, the revelation for Kenny when he saw what he looked like and was like, whoa, that's the guy I've been playing. Like he has no idea, right? He just plays them and, and runs it out there because of the stats. And that's oh, certainly yeah. a guy that will pop in, especially in the fantasy national models and things like that. I think, like you said, the stats are there. So I actually don't hate it. I, I think what you said is key though. And people need to know this, right? Is down in this range, you just can't be afraid of it. And I think what so many people will do this week, Marov, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong or if you think I'm wrong, but I just, it's what you said. I think everyone will stop and go, okay, Furyk is in my lineup. Sound the alarms. That's the worst I can go. I can't add Furyk with a guy like Bo Hogue or Sepp Strzok or Adam Shank or any of these guys that they want to put in. That's just off limits to them, but especially in large field tournaments. I mean, that's exactly how you're going to get there and you're going to pack so much upside in those other four spots when you build a lineup like that, correct? Yeah, and I think most of my lineups this week are going to have two 6K guys. And it might be high 6K, it might be low, it could be a mix. But yeah, that's how you're going to get Neiman plus Berger plus, I don't know, Lowry or something, right? Like that's the only, that's, that's the only way to fit it. And the, and the benefit too is, guys, that you can, you can definitely do it and still get a, you know, pack a bunch of upside in there. But also there's 86 guys in this field in the 6K range, assuming all, well, we know all these four Monday yeah. Q guys are going to come in at, in the 6K range, if not 6K dead straight. So that just tells you, but we see this every week. We've seen weeks where there's 85 or 95 guys in the 6K range. And guess what? Not a single one of them is over 10% ownership. So you could, that's sort of the benefit to what you just said there, Brad, is you can mix and match and pick a couple of these guys and just start mixing them around. I would, you know, I'm not saying play 20 of the 86 and figure out your pool that way. I'm saying if you can get down to, you know, four or five, six, seven, whatever that number might be where you feel comfortable and then let them rotate through and make your core and take your stands at the top, then you might be able to avoid some of this eight to nine K range where you, A, you really don't like anybody that much. You're kind of just playing it because everybody says to play it. Gooch, he's killing it right now. He just crushed it last week. Got to play him. Tringali, you know, I just talked about him, you know, whoever else you want to use as names in here, you might not have to go there and be able just to do it that way. So Appreciate that, Ryan. I certainly do like that look. You know, for me, other guys down here that we could name, uh, you know, you mentioned KH Lee up above, a little bit above the 6K range. I should, I should say that was a good shout out for Kenny Kim at 7,500. He'll be loving that call. We always have our battles. It used to be KH Lee versus Connors. And surprisingly, I lost that battle 
a couple of times. Now Connors is lights out. Feels like he's one of the best golfers in the world. He's he's awesome, yeah. Right now. It's been incredible to watch and, and just so much of a turnaround and beyond just the guy we know who he is with the pure ball striking. But yeah, great Sunday for him. Another huge outing, big paycheck cash for him. But um, who else down here, man? I got uh, Adam Shank, grinder, Sepp Straka. We like uh, usually, I think he could be a guy that you could put in play. I mentioned Bo Hogue. Uh, you know, who else? Chesson Hadley, Tyler McCumber played all right last week. Uh, Brian Stewart on courses like this where, you know, approach game is strong and, and things. Like that. I think, again, these are just flyers, but nobody else for me. Anyone else you want to mention before we move to the betting segment? No, I think you got him. Yeah, I mean, I think Bo Hogue, it's probably as low as I'm going to go this week. Yeah, I looked at some of his stuff. The numbers do look pretty good. It just depends on, uh, again, it's a flyer. So you, you get what you get. He missed the cut here last year. He missed the cut last week. But before that, 26 and 32nd, like literally just the week before at the API, yep. he got 26. So I wouldn't really, again, those are the ones where I'm not saying like, well, it's not a spot to get right. It's like he played great golf just the week before last on another tough track with a tough field and all these factors. And now he's just priced way down at 6,600, at least seen the course, all these factors. So I'm good with that. I appreciate you breaking it down with me here, man. We'll get to the betting segment quick. Uh, for me, I've got five. I'll run through them real quick. Uh, Neiman, 20 to one. Lowry 28 to one for Telly 50 to one uh, bet three, six, five only had the top five each way this week. So I rolled that out long 90 with the T five each way. And then Neesmith with the hundred on the T five each way. I've only got five as of right now. I noticed in the past, it's been sort of a, you know, it's a boomer bust here. It's been like hundred to one, 300 to one, or else it's been like 16 to one, 20 to one. So what, what have you got here for us this week when it comes down to the betting area? Yeah, I actually went the other way. And, and I think, again, I, you know, I do want to keep it light because I think like you saw last year with him also, like there's a, there's going to be a live betting option. Like I think there's going to be a guy who shoots one or two over the first day who ends up winning this thing. So I definitely wanted to keep that open. Um, so I've had three guys at the same number at 70 this morning. One was Fratelli who we talked about. So I got a slightly better number than you there. Sorry. Um, okay. One was Matt Wallace and one was JT Poston. So I think those three guys, all really good course fits here. And then lastly, 101 K.H. Lee. A Kenny Kim special, man. We're going to love it this week. So, yeah, no, I don't I don't mind that. I actually uh, really come around on the posting one, just thinking about it since the pod came on, because I, I really loved him last week. I liked him uh, all week going into it. I was happy he came back and bounced back to a 22nd. He was in some of my better lineups uh, there last week. So I'll, I'll go back to him gladly. Like I said, I'll look into that. I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday bogey free at, a, you know, pretty tough conditions there. So um, really happy to see that, the form coming in. Uh, for one and done this week for me, man, it's going to be burger M Neiman, someone like that. I'll just burn up. Uh, it depends on how you're sitting and what you're doing in the, you know, within the tournament, but there's a long ways to go. So I'm just taking one of the, the favorites, maybe really comes down to M and Neiman for me. If burger's got that injury stuff going on, I'll have to wait and hear more on that if we get to, but uh, what are your thoughts for one and done this week and how are you doing so far this year in, in one and done? Um, same. Yeah. So I had my first bad <laughs> week last week. I, I lost a coin flip. So we'll say that. I uh, was between JT and Webb and went with Webb. Mostly, I mean, I obviously love JT. He was my second highest own last week, but just decided that I was going to save him for a major, uh, which in hindsight seems dumb because the players has a very big prize pool. So have some regrets there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm look, I'm not going to get crazy this week. I'm probably going to play M and then move on. Uh, I've already used Burger, so I think M is going to be the play. Makes it easier for you. So that clears it up, folks. And, and by the way, the second place joke goes longer than you know. It does tie into one and done. That's why I you know, teased it a little bit there. And that's why you didn't pick JT this week. Because if, if you guys saw 
Baroff's one and done card. It's like a second place every single week. He's dominating right now. Uh, that's got to be your first mistake yet. But at the same time, it's because they can't let you pick a winner, Baroff. That's why. If you had a wet JT, Things that's just that too way, much yeah. money to put in the pot. And it would be too, it'd be unfair to the rest of us within that field and within the tournament. So uh, happy to see you make that one mistake. But yeah, Sung JM, chalk it up. It's going to be a second place this week. Get them in your lineups. Uh, cash your bets out now and we're good to roll. Uh, let the people know where they can find you, Bear off. What else you've got going on? Obviously, Golflandia with Wiley. Uh, love that stuff. Talk, talk all about everything you got going on, and then I'll take us home. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. So, our Bear off 427 on Twitter. Feel free to obviously reach out anytime. DMs are always open. I try and just uh, muck it up with the people. You know, we don't take ourselves too seriously here. So, um, but make sure you register for the DFS Open, not just for, for charity, but we do have some, some awesome prizes. Uh, you know, first place winner. There's a uh, 2000 cash, pr cash prize through DraftKings. Also, you'll want to force them to the DFS Open next year, as well as a foursome to play PGA National um, the, the Monday after the DFS Open. So lots of good opportunities there. And um, yeah, I, I hope you all have a great week. And uh, I appreciate you, Tambo, having me on. Of course, man. We love having you on. When, you know, when Kenny can't be here, we're trying to do our best with it. You guys know I hate hosting, so do my best to grind through it and, and have some fun with it. I was happy you could hop on. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, you guys know where you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you have any questions or in the RG Discord, same name. Also, I wanted to just preview it because I mentioned it at the top of the show, but I can't, I don't know for sure if it's going to be tomorrow or Tuesday if, if this is Tuesday for you listening. Today for the DFS Driver, Driver Show, DFS for Doe show with myself, cards and noto it's typically a premium show but we are going to be converting it to free i'm not sure for how long but the idea there is just to get you guys a little bit more behind the scenes of what we got going on over at roto grinders and then obviously noto's got his core article his his model vid then you've got uh, cards has his gbp article i've got all my stuff so you guys will the tuesday show the wednesday show with lineup hq so Definitely want to check that out. Keep your eyes peeled for that you can head on over to rotogrinders.com slash dj and get yourself 10 bucks off the first month other than that Let's win some motherfucking money, D-Gen Nation. Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial Range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial, available at Walmart.